Hello, this is Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. I tell all of my crewmen that it is required that they listen to the Rocky Horror Podcast Show. I would like... I bet you would! If I may... You may not... To take you... Where? On a strange journey. How strange was it? It's astounding! Time is fleeting! And madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Conventional conventionalists, welcome to the one, the only, the original, the Rocky Horror Podcast Show. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Yep. All right. It's the Rocky Horror Podcast Show, doot doot. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yes. And we're missing someone today. Yes, unfortunately, uh, Don is out with the Concord. Kind, either the Concord or really bad allergies. We're still not 100% sure. The, the verdict's out on that. Maybe a combination of both. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know, though. I, 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 blame the, I, I blame the good citizens of Utah. Absolutely. Wait, who are you? <laughs> who are you? I've I've only missed like two shows this year. Uh, yeah, like, out uh, of how many shows? Out of our four? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. See, hey, I, see I'm the joke is, listeners, we don't have a regularly scheduled update. <clears throat> Hopefully, that'll change soon. Yeah. All right. Shall we go around and introduce ourselves? Sure. My name is Ash Groovy. My name is Amy. Yo, I'm Justin. I'm clinging to the last bit of relevance I have. <laughs> My name is Sean, and I didn't get to have any fun at FanX this year. Hey, you had fun here. You you sent us a post about it. They don't oh, need yeah. celebrities to. You don't need meatloaf in your life. Yeah. Um. Over at uh. There's now an Alamo Draft House across the street from my house, dear listeners, and I freaking love that place. <laughs> nice. Um, the I, I did not have to go to Salt Lake City to meet celebrities, because I got to meet one right across the street. Uh, I got to meet none other than Tymac of The Last Dragon fame. Oh! He was there... Uh, pr- uh, he was there hosting the the showing of the Last Dragon, a movie that I had never seen before. I am the master, Hyper Glow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, but that was the only celebrity I got to meet, unfortunately. Should we go over everything else before the whole Salt Lake half of podcast conversation? Well, let's see. What else do we have to go over this week? Well, we have a few things. Tim Tim Curry's sassy tweet. Uh, Tim Curry sassy tweet. Oh, that was so funny. Uh, Mr. He- uh, he- Henny Rodriguez hash, uh, at at uh, Brudaman. Brudaman. I want Tim Curry to be had to have a larger catalog. Damn it! To which Sir Tim Curry responded, "Sir, 
I have appeared in over 230 television and film productions, acted in 25 large-scale theater shows, recorded four music albums, lent my voice to over 50 audiobooks, many pushing 10-plus hours in length, and seduced many humans in my 72 years. Please, I had to sleep now and again. <laughs> my Tim Curry impression, ladies and gentlemen. It was very good. Thank it was you. very, it was very good. good. You too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I guess I should have known he did audiobooks, but I found one and I started listening to it after I saw this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Unfortunately, the, one I, the, the first one I picked was one he only did a chapter out of. It's a series of short stories by Stephen King. Mm. But next I'm going to find one that he narrates all of. <laughs> that he does the whole thing of. So wait, which... I think I dimly recall one of the Audible audiobooks that I have. By the way, Audible, if you're listening, we are open for sponsorship. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, 100%. Yes. Um, I do... I, one of the Audible audiobooks that I downloaded because it was like a special free download or something, I think was, uh, I believe it was Tim Curry narrating A Christmas Carol. I did see that one as an option. I chose Nightmare and Dreamscapes Part 1. But yeah, I did see that too. So. On audible.com. Um, not bad, but still not my favorite uh, rendition of A Christmas Carol. That that. Re- Sadly, Patrick Stewart still has an iron mm. grip on that. Yeah, that would be good, too. Mm-hmm. I believe both are available at audible.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, one other story we have coming from Mr. Tim Curry and actually came about from Fanax. So, uh, lovely gentleman whose name I do not hope to pronounce. Uh, Odon? I'm guessing? We'll, we'll just call him Mr. Crawford, because we Mr. can pronounce We'll call that. him Mr. Crawford. <laughs> we can pronounce his last name. Because we can pronounce his last name. <laughs> uh, I will go ahead and read the uh, description here. So we have here... Uh, this uh, lovely gentleman is, is kneeling mes- next to Mr. Curry in his uh, wheelchair, uh, much like I did in my own uh, photo op to uh, uh, taken at Phoenix. Uh, he's wearing a very nice kilt, by the way. I do like that kilt uh, and that lovely sporn that he has, too. Not a euphemism. He actually has a sporn, and it looks pretty nifty. <laughs> Yesterday afternoon, I had the pleasure of meeting Tim Curry at Salt Lake Fanex. I've never been good at lies, so I knelt down and told him, When I was a little girl, you were my favorite pirate. He then turned to me and asked, How long have you been a guy? I told him, Four years. And he then said, It's a big deal. He was so interested in talking to me, he kept trying to look away from the camera while his crew was calling to him. He was super polite and kind and humble. I told him I appreciated the work he did for my community in the old days before we had visibility, and he said, you're very welcome. I can say I cried, and afterwards many people asked me what I said that gained so much interaction from him. The hopes and dreams a little girl had of one day meeting one of her favorite actors came true. So grateful to him. I really debated if I should share what he said to me publicly. His words moved me very deeply and were spoken very softly and meant for me to hear. Years of childhood memories and joys are connected to him, 
and it was quite personal, but I share it because I hope it can bring others comfort and joy to know how supportive he is and just how truly wonderful he is. I outed myself so that he would know somewhere out there a little girl spent hours of her life watching a wild thornberries on Nickelodeon, coming up with inside jokes from Nigel's remarks. Remembering when my grandfather brought home the movie Annie and Rooster, Rooster singing Easy Street brought me joy when I figured out it was Long John playing him. Tim Curry, Robin Williams, they made my childhood. Now that I'm adult Rocky Horror Clue and so many others have come to light. Somehow every movie he was in I found myself finding excuses for the villains or reasons that they were right to do what they did in that moment. I hope the rest of his life is truly blessed. Damn ninjas, kind onions under my eyes. <laughs> damn. That's, that's damn ninjas. Well, I'm just glad that, I mean, because I met him at Phoenix, but I also, uh, before he was announced at Phoenix, I already knew I was going to go to FanX, and FanX happened to fall on my birthday weekend. So even though it was me, him, and Phoenix, I wanted nothing more than to have my own photo with him on my birthday at FanX. So I did I did, did that, too. Um it was so weird, though. I'm so, I'm very glad that this guy was able to have that moment with Tim Curry and, and, and get to, to, to talk to him. But uh, when I was in line, so I was, like, you know, where I could see him and see the people getting pictures done, many of them weren't talking to him. They were just going around in a wheelchair, posing, picture, and then they would, would walk off. And I was just like, okay. I mean, I know you can't, like, sit there and have a full-fledged conversation with the man, but, you know, <laughs> they, you can just say hi. They were, they were really rushing people through. Well, I... I it still was... took time to say hi. I was like, hi, thank you for being here. And he said, I'm very glad to be in Salt Lake. You, you, don't, you don't have to, like, you know, have a full conversation, but you can at least talk to the man. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to, like... You're not asking him <laughs> to, to uh, give his thorough review of War and Peace. No, no. <laughs> you can still, like, say hi. I want a verbal thesis. I guess we're diving right Next. in. Next. Right? <laughs> well, I, I think that this was are. the perfect... I don't know. Segway, I guess. Well, I mean, talking about Mr. Yeah, Curry. Yeah, I brought up Phoenix with the talking article. Talking about Mr. So. Curry. Segway. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we, uh, Don, like, I, I, got, I missed the interaction with him in, uh, and fan, and fan, fast, now called Fan Fusion. So I got to finally have a picture with him. Uh, I went on the other side of him, so he wasn't really focused on me. He was more focused on Dawn again. Again. But still, yeah, uh, same she got thing her... that happened to me happened to you. Yeah, but she she got another moment, like another uh, conversation with him. Apparently, uh, like the whole time in the line, she kept, he kept focusing on her. <laughs> like like a couple people in front of us were still taking their pictures, and he was she, his eyes were locked on her. Recognize her? Like maybe you don't know. Uh, I'd be, sho- I'd be surprised more, if that happened. But Don says that he was more checking him, checking her out than really. <laughs> right. So that when like when she was kneeling next to her next oh, to him, oh, his, oh, his of, eyes of, were right down there. Of course, naturally. <laughs> it's totally hundred percent consent on her part. No, I believe <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I just thought it was weird that no one was bothering that at least the people that I saw weren't. I mean, at least saying hi to the man. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, Jesus. at least say hi. I said yeah. hi to everyone, but. Well, 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 well yeah, we but they were just like sit there like, oh, and like, hey, by the way, he's not a fucking prop, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I once again got to think him as, as, after they took the picture, as I was being a rush off, I thanked him again for everything he's ever done. And he said, you're very welcome. So. Uh, who else? Uh, there were a couple of Rocky people there, not just Tim Curry. 
and of course Barry Boswick, our friend, Uncle mm -hmm. Barry. Uncle Barry. Um, one that was very special to this con was Meatloaf was yes. there. Um, I actually, we got to talk to him, actually, it was really funny. We talked to him first on the first day as, because we got an autograph from him. He is a, if, you, he, if he's ever at a con you're going to, uh, he is a talkative person. Yeah, I'll tell you about his panel after we're done. Oh, yeah. All the rest of the stuff. I'm anxious, I am anxious to hear this. I'm anxious to hear all the details. He, he, he talked about uh, how he doesn't like Cindy Croft. Uh, Cindy Crawford as much, or Cindy uh, Cindy Lauper anymore as much, because uh, he's not mad at Cindy Lauper. He's not as happy with her. Pourquoi? Because they apparently were touring together at one point, and during one of the shows in L.A., she was late getting on, and she took over an hour longer than she should have. Jesus, ah, definitely so, put a damper yeah, on the whole. So, and, <laughs> and they have a curfew where they were. So they had, so they had to get meatloaf and this stuff off stage. So that would explain it. That's yeah, that would piss me off too. He's not pissed off. He's not mad. He's just not as. How happy. could he not be mad? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he doesn't get. Maybe mad. it's been a while, so he's not as mad now. He, so he now... says he doesn't get mad. He doesn't get angry at people. <laughs> um, but he, he was... I can see where he's coming from with yeah. that because I, I, I don't, I don't like being mad at people either. So, yeah, he was very talkative, and he takes his time. Even though he had a giant line, when we right. went to see him, he had a big line. Uh, he took his time with every single person, um, which was nice. And then with the photo ops, uh, we had a, we, you know, he said hi, and we asked, you know, since, you know, we, like, I'm dressed up as Eddie, and we were thinking, like, the rock and roll symbol. Let's put it to the rock and roll symbol. We asked if he wanted, if he could do that in our picture. And then he went in on to explaining he can't do it because he has nerve damage in his hands. Oh. Ah. But he was taking his time and letting us know when there's a giant line of photo ops trying to get to him. <laughs> so we were lipping right. uh, sorry to the photo people. But, you know, he you know he takes his time. Right. I mean, he's not a big... He hasn't done very many cons as far as you can tell. As far as I know, yeah. So he's not everybody. used to the con scene. So that's probably why he right. takes his time. But still, it was nice. To... And he's, he's had a myriad of health issues, too, oh, since, yeah. since yeah. Point, point Z. But he was great. Yeah. He, 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 he was a great. great person. It was great because uh, my mom and uncle came to FanX for the sole purpose to meet Milo. That's the only reason why they went. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 talked to, uh, I talked to Barry Bostwick uh, one of the days. And we were talking about meatloaf, and I said, uh, he, he's lucky to be next to you. <laughs> and Barry said, that's what I told him! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. so when we got into our photo op, you didn't know, you know, we are just like, you know, hi, what's your name? And my uncle spoke up, uh, well, he didn't speak up, but he said, said, said his name, you know, with, at a decent volume. And meatloaf goes, I appreciate you speaking up. <laughs> 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 I appreciate your strong voice, or, or something like that, about how it was just, so that, that was cool. Um, I did take my mom, because my mom and I have met Barry before. My uncle had not. So we went by Barry's booth to get a uh, selfie and talk with him. And it was kind of funny, because I was, I, was, I was also with Eddie on that day for the meatloaf pick. Um, I walk, and we walk up to the booth, and he looks at me, and he's just like, why aren't you Frankenfurter or Brad? Why Eddie? Because <laughs> <laughs> he would. <laughs> right. and, I, and I was talking, and we're talking to him a little bit, because... It didn't occur to me until that moment that the two people who showed me Rocky Four for the first time were my mom and my uncle, the two people <laughs> that were there with me. And I mentioned that. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, these are the people who 
Show me the movie. He like shook their hands. <laughs> and you saw the Valier, of course, right? Huh? You saw that Valier, or did you see it where? Oh yeah, my first time was at the no. Well, my first time seeing the movie ever. Yeah. Was at home. Okay. Watching it on Fox. They actually aired it on Fox okay. in 1993 on network television at midnight. Still doesn't. No, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, my first. Different. My first showing, like live showing, was, <laughs> was at the Valier. Um, yeah, not to make light of Barry. You know, Barry is is you know like oh no. Go, if you haven't if you haven't met Barry, right. meet Barry. He is energetic. He is nicest nice. freaking guy in the world. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I had yeah I had three opportunities. Blew it all time all the time. Um, if, if you really want to see how ener- how much energy he has and etc., watch the video I posted on the podcast pa- on the podcast Facebook page. I know that the camera goes down at one point because. I stood up. I probably should have just done selfie thing or put it, to the gate, uh, put it on the chair or something. But it's only down for a second, then I bring it back up. You know, all you missed is me saying, oh, Rocky. That's all you missed. That's all you missed. Oh, Rocky. Because he was like, does anyone else want to embarrass yourself by saying a line from Rocky? And, it, and he said, what character? And I said, of course, Frankenfurter. And I was right next to, you'll see on the footage, the person that's next to me mm-hmm. is the criminologist for the Latter-day Transvestite. Yes, I did see that, actually. She is very nice. She is very nice. Uh, she was fun to talk to. Um, I am sad that I could not be there to see them again, because yeah. they're, they're, they're some of my favorite people who... Yeah. If you... I- Oh, go ahead. I, don't, I was, I was going to talk about Meatloaf's panel. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, Meatloaf's panel, he did, not, he did not have a moderator. He came out and it was, he was like, okay, I like to talk a lot, so here we go. Here's how I got the, the name Meatloaf. And he goes into stories. It, it was very interesting. Um, after he, the Meatloaf story, which I don't remember all the details, he got the name Meat. Apparently when he, when he was born, he was bright red. And oh. his dad told the nurses, because it was 19... 47, so they didn't, like, the baby slept in the nursery. They didn't go to the rooms with the parents like they did now. And his dad told the nurses that he just need to put him in the middle of the room with a big sign that says meat on his, uh, whatever bed. Yeah, uh, on his crib thing. Yeah, on his, uh, crib or whatever. Cradle thing, that's what it is. Man. <laughs> and then he got the name Eloaf in, I think, I think he said eighth grade? Yeah, someone told him that that's what he looked like, was just a big giant Eloaf. <laughs> we talked about his uh, his starts of his uh, act. Like he basically fell into doing stage productions because that's what he, the, that was the first thing he ever did was stage. He kind of f- fell into it. He was at this place trying to get a job in the parking lot, par- parking cars because the, the people there make a shit ton of money. And one of the people who, um, who worked there asked him if he could s- sing, and he's like, "Well, yeah." And he goes, well, there's a, there's auditions going on right now. You should go to try out. And he goes, but there's a line around the building. No, <laughs> I want to drop in the parking lot because <laughs> they make money. And they and they go like, well, no, I can just get you in right now. Just come on. He's like, okay. <laughs> and he auditioned, and that was that. The rest of his history. Yeah, he went to Broadway. He did tell a story about how him and Barry were up for the same part, and. In the musical at one point, and he got it, and Barry did not. Barry's bitter about that. <laughs> you can see in his panel, he even says that, I believe, as I recall. I, I missed half of Barry's panel, so. I think he mentioned that. Um, and then when it got time for, because by the time he was done talking, half his time was up, or mo- or most of it. And then for the questions, every single person who walked up to the mic goes, I bet I know what your question is. 
I bet I, bet, I know what, he, what your question is. No one ever asked the question, so when he was was done, he was like, I'm surprised no one asked me what that was. From, uh, I do anything for, for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm surprised no one asked me what that was. And then he did get a bit emotional, because uh, when the, the last thing he did was he uh, stood up and, you know, saying about how he can't really work much anymore. He's had back surgeries, but coming to these conventions and meeting office fans and being in talk with everyone is a major highlight of his life oh. now, and he was just very happy to be there. That's cool. Yeah. I think we need, I think we need more of, of that format, the, the moderate, moderate uh, moderatorless panel. Yeah. yeah, he just came right out like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to start talking, because <laughs> I like to. Oh, he also, uh, something else I thought was interesting that no, his meat, all his albums are by Meatloaf. Okay, fine. Uh, but he says that that yes, that is the name on the on the record. But actually, each song is a performance. Right. Like it's a character. It's hmm. not him. Hmm. Okay. Which which kind of makes sense. Sia had like a similar philosophy of you know it's like you know she's telling a story from a different perspective. Yeah, because he I mean, he actually considers himself more of an actor than a musician. Okay. Like, that's what he prefers to do, is acting. Hmm. Did anybody ask any Wayne's World questions? No. I was uh, going to ask if anybody asked any Fight Club questions. No. I don't remember. I don't his really remember. Was, what? His name was Robert Paulson. You know, I, I will say this one. And to my dying day, I will respond to that line with, Oh my God, they killed the voice of Pinky? <laughs> <laughs> See, because... The voice actor Robert Paulson sounds a lot like the character name Robert Paulson. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it, it was great. Even though I met Barry twice, the only reason why I went up there was because my uncle had not. Oh. And oh. I, I wanted him to. Obviously, my uncle was the one who showed me Rocky Horror for the first time. That I was he needed right. to go up there. And, and Barry's talk a to fellow him. worth meeting. Yes, he is. And of course, I don't want to say of course because it sounds bad, but he didn't have much of a line on this because it was Saturday. Mm. Some of the line, so I knew we would be able to actually not just do converse a with him leave. for a bit. Yeah, we, we would be able to actually talk to him for a little bit. That's cool. Uh, okay, so how about how about people not necessarily Rocky related over at Fanex? Like who we met? Uh, we got a photo op with Jeff Goldblum. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was like he did look a little high. Uh, he was, His he, eyes look a little glassy. Always? <laughs> he's, he's very artistic. That's the best way to phrase it. He's a... Yeah, he's, he's... What was that movie Jeff Goldblum did with uh, Cindy Lauper, speaking of which? Vibes. Vibes, yes. That would be like the thing I would ask him and questions about. And you know how that quickly came to my mind is... Um, you know, I may be playing a hand here, but... Um, so I went... I am doing something for my Rocky Horror cast, dear listeners, and that involved me finding a heck of a lot of old movies. Uh, so I started trolling basically Bookman's and Zia all around uh, the Fair Valley looking for these things. And it's like, oh, well, I like looking at the Laserdiscs too because I have a Laserdisc player, so what the heck, I'll look at the Laserdiscs. I found a, I found a Japanese copy of Vibes. Nice. Yeah. I would still play that in the backyard drive-in cinema Del Justino. <laughs> Del Justino? Cinema Del Justino, yes. Okay. 
That's, uh, that, that's I've heard of worse names. True. <laughs> that um, we all uh, as a group we also got a picture with uh, Dave Batista. Oh, nice. very nice. Yeah, his arms were not as big as I as I thought they would be. Of course, they're huge. Yeah. But not yeah. as big as I thought they would be. I thought that, that they would be like as big as my head. Yeah, they weren't quite that big. He's, he's such an awesome person for you know standing his ground on on the James Gunn incident. Yeah, he is. Because that's that's millions of dollars. That's not like you know, hey, I'll say a couple positive words for you on your behalf and. Mm. Oh yeah. You know that's that's kissing goodbye a lot of money. Yeah. And then, I will, I'll hand that to him. And then I got a photograph, a photo op with John Wesley Ship. Ooh, nice. classic yeah. Flash. Yeah, it was the last minute decision because Ben Affleck was supposed to be there. And I used a $30 photo op voucher that I that I had to go towards Ben Affleck. So when he canceled, I got that back. Right. And John Wesley Ship's photograph was $30, was $40. And with my voucher and, fee, and fees and taxes, it cost me 13 Nice. Out of pocket. So I wonder if he's gonna play Jay Gehrig again. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I also got an autograph from Evangeline Lilly. Mm. I did not know she writes children's books. Does she? Yes. We got one free with the purchase of an autograph, and you could buy it. I think it's the first one because it's a ser- it's a series, I think, and I could buy that for ten dollars. So I did. They actually hmm. did in the kids area of. Fan X because they have they have the main con and they have a kids con going on at the same time. Hmm. Uh, they did a reading of those books, like, yeah. like she, did, she a did the reading of her books wow. to the children there. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I bought I got the one for free and I bought uh, the other ones for my nieces and nephews. So that's cool. Um, I also met Paige O'Hara and Robbie Benson, uh, the voices yeah. of Belle and Beast from. Be the Beast. And that was for my nieces and nephews, though, that autograph. <laughs> and then I also got an autograph with Brandon Routh. Awesome. Ah. Yes. So. So Did those... you, didn't you meet Tom, Tom Welling, too? No. I've never seen Smallville, so. Ah. Um, I, also went, I also went to the panels for Michael Rooker and Mark Shepard. Okay. Michael Rooker's a fucking nut. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he, d- he runs around that auditorium. He's not moderator either. He just runs around. <laughs> did you ever yep. did you ever see the deleted scene with him and um and uh, Thor Ragnarok? No, there's it, a deleted scene with Yondu. Yeah, yeah. He he just randomly shows up as like I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, you know, to think, <laughs> just to think, you know, he you know it must take probably about six hours for the for the makeup department. <laughs> I think what probably happened is they were they were shooting, um. Guardians Volume Two and Ragnarok, I think. Can they they were about be... seven eight months apart from each other. Really? Well, re- release wise. Yes. Well, release wise, yes. But I think I think they were fi- they might have been finishing Ragnar um, uh, Guardians uh, while they were starting Ragnarok. Okay, or, yeah. or... maybe. When we go break, I'll show you the the, the, the video. Yeah, no, he was a fucking guy. He just ran around. He would. Uh... He had a, um, or, um, um, he had a couple of packages of Oreo cookies that he would just like, and give people cookies, and he would ask them questions and go up to people like, "Well, do you have a question for me?" And if they said no, he would like whisper in their ear, and then they would ask whatever. <laughs> he this said. Is, this is, so if I, if I had a higher profile, I would you still know do what? something if, like that. If 
Look, if I had the level of celebrity that <laughs> Michael Rooker had, I would totally be doing that. And I got lucky, and he stopped right in front of he stopped right in front of me to talk to someone in uh, in the in the seat in front of me. Um, he was dressed as Star Lord, so mm. I just got a picture real fast. Like, you're like two feet away from me. <laughs> and actually, we should probably go ahead and take a break at this point, and I can finish my part of the story. Yep. All righty. A toast to the time warp. Oh, Time warp. I hate the time warp. I hate it. It's boiling the bag perversion for sexually repressed accountants and first-year drama students with too many posters of Betty Blue, the Blues Brothers, Big Blue, and Blue Velvet on their blue bloody walls. Virgin. All right. Hey, listeners. We're finally getting the much-anticipated interview with Arthur Mercedes Lackey, my favorite author. Yay! <laughs> Hi there. I'm from nowhere. <laughs> She loves birds. Um, okay, so one of the first things I noticed about your books when I started reading them back in the 90s is that you have a lot of LGBT characters. And um, we appreciate that because it's so underused in all fiction these days. Was there any special thing that inspired you to do that or did it just sort of happen? Uh, it's actually a lot simpler than that. You're there, you've been there for a long time, and there's no reason why you should be, that you should be invisible. That's a great answer. Um, let's see here, have you had any particular fallout from having so many characters like that? Never, not once, not from any of my editors. Oh, that's fantastic, because the way the world is right now, you never know who's gonna write a letter. Well, they can write all the letters they want, and I'll give them their dime back in the, from my royalties. <laughs> Okay, so I already got that one. Ah. Um, so many of your books are f in the fantasy genre. Uh, are there any other genres that you're looking to get into? Well, we do have just finished the Secret World Chronicle series, which is superheroes. It is oh, yeah. superheroes punching space Nazis in Atlanta. And as everyone knows, Nazis must be punched. It is a moral imperative. It definitely is. And um, we've, we have all five of them out now. That starts with Invasion, goes to World Divided, Revolution, Collision, and Avalanche. And those were based on an RPG you were playing, correct? Well, originally, they were characters that we created for the MMORPG City of Heroes. But the characters did change substantially for some people when we translated them over to prose. All right, that's awesome. I can't wait to read those, actually. <laughs> um, so your first series was Valdemar, right? Correct. Okay. And... Um, can you explain a little bit about the world for people who haven't read it? Uh, it's your basic uh, classic fantasy world. It's sort of medieval-ish. It has, at the quote, present time in Valdemar, magic has come back to the world. Before that, it was just all psionics. And in the remote past, there was magic. In the, uh, in the, uh, it ended with the last Herald Mage, Vaniel who was awesome, and he is definitely an LGBT, LGBT character that we all love. Um, did you have any other questions, babe? Well, I was gonna say, uh, I know you haven't been going around the, com the, the convention series long. Um, which has been your favorite so far? Well, I've been doing conventions since before I was a professional writer. Uh, it just, I have not done the Megacons. I have to say Salt Lake City has treated us very, very well. We really like being here. 
been yeah, a fantastic it's, show. It's great. It's great. What's your favorite part about this? Um, well, of course, it's the people. <laughs> Duh. Meeting, Meeting your crazy fans. Absolutely. <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you so very much for the interview. I know you've got to get back and sign some more books. Oh, God, my hand is falling off. <laughs> well, hey, at least this time you didn't get poisoned in your room. Oh, yeah, my room did not kill me this time. <laughs> I heard about that. I was like, ah! Should I explain that? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Basically, I was at Gen Con, and I was in the Marriott, and they put me in a literally newly renovated room, like days before. And it was a sealed room. There was no way to open the windows. I knew that I have known for decades that I am sensitive to outgassing I had no idea I was that sensitive to outgassing I woke up on the morning of the second day and I was beginning to lose my balance I spoke aloud to myself and I could hear my speech blurring I was beginning to get brain fog I tried dialing 911 and I got 977 every time and, uh, and I was definitely uh, having every symptom of a stroke. So I called the hotel desk by dialing zero, which I could manage to do. By the time they got up there, the hotel manager was to my left, the two EMTs were to my right, and in between them I saw, as clearly as I am looking at you, a beautiful woman with long, medium brown hair in an astronaut's flight suit, the orange one standing between them. I was perfectly aware she was not there, but she was there as far as I was concerned. <laughs> Are you they were convinced I was having a stroke. I was convinced I was having a stroke. The emergency room was convinced I was having a stroke, but at once I got at, started getting oxygen, all the symptoms started clearing away. They took the EEG, the EKG, and the MRI, and there was nothing on it, and we began sort of well, Bill Fawcett was the one who, who really did it because he was more copacetic than I was, and thank God for Bill Fawcett. He is one of the uh, heads of Dragon Con, and he was absolutely my lifesaver. Uh, he brainstormed it and said, well, maybe it is the, the hotel room outgassing, and that's exactly what it was. By the next day, which was Saturday, they were I was completely cleared up, and they released me to go back to the con. Wow, I'm just glad it wasn't a stroke. <laughs> so am I. I mean, hospital visit aside, at least you're still healthy. Oh my goodness. So it's nice to know my EEG, my EKG, and my MRI are all clear. That's awesome. Yeah. So maybe you'll have to write that uh, vision into a book. Hallucinations, let me tell you. I never went to Woodstock originally, but that weekend I was in Woodstock. Well, now you know how to get that feeling, right? Not that no, you thanks. want to. No, no, not All again. Right. Thank you. We'll let you get back. So, so glad to see you again. Thank you very much, and I appreciate being on your podcast. It's the Rocky Roar Podcast Show. We're back. Sorry, I vanished that last section. I got a phone call from my one of my new jobs, and it was just was one I wasn't expecting. He got an emergency phone call from work, guys. Yeah, so... Um, anyways, so continuing the fan... Uh, he's gonna uh, have to go back in because he's in trouble. No. <laughs> no, someone called out and they need help. Uh, anyways, so... Uh, so, you were talking about the, the be uh, Beast and Bell. Beast and Bell. Beauty and the Beast. Um, and there was also an animator there uh, named Thomas Estrada. 
who did a lot of did animations for a lot of different movies, um, and a lot of different Disney movies like Emperor's New Groove, Treasure Planet, Atlantis, blah blah blah. Uh, we got some art from him. Oh, very and nice. We brought we got this Beauty and the Beast print that there were only forty of them made, and we had both. Uh, What's her face? Robbie Benson and Paige O'Hara. Paige O'Hara. Uh, they had both of them sign it. Paige O'Hara was astonished by it and found Thomas Estrada, and they met each other. Oh, nice. Aw, that's um, sweet. But another fun thing about Paige O'Hara is we met Paige O'Hara at FanFest, formerly known as FanFest. Um, uh, I believe that would be Comic Phoenix Fest. Comic Fest. Comic Fest. Uh, Comic Fest. Soon to be known as Phoenix Fan Fusion. Yes. Uh, we met. I met her there with my little sister my little sister was only there for the day so she was kind of she was dressed up as ray but like her hair was specifically put up for like the ballet because she was only there for like able to be there for like a couple hours because she had rehearsal all day and then a performance after so she had like a couple hours. so she was having a busy day she was having a busy day so we rushed over uh got her a signature and for some reason they had a really they had like they were talking about ballet they were talking to each other about a bunch of things. So when I went to see her uh, this con, I said that it made my little sister's day, and she because the ball, you know, she, the ballerina that you met, and uh, no, I, I said uh, my my little sister's a ballerina, and she loved talking to you and made her day. And she goes, "That was your sister." Like she always, she very, it very much stood out to me. So that was that nice. whether whether it's fake or not, whether she no, just acted her way does, through, that, that does not sound fake. That doesn't no. sound fake to me. That sounds yeah. sincere. That was really nice. Well, um, at least you know something that that is plausible. I was in Vic Mar, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Uh, he does voice acting for animes. Oh was, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I was in his panel just so I could make sure I might a seat for Michael Rooker. Um, who was next? Someone brought up the microphone and asked him if he remembered her from seven years ago when he met her, her at Phoenix Comic Con. And he was very polite, but he said no. Yeah. That's like, well, <laughs> seven years ago? At any time that word gets mentioned, because... Ooh, yeah. Someone, someone from... It, yeah. It's great that you mentioned that specific person. Uh, Vic Mignogna. Uh, oh, uh, Vic Minonia. Yeah, the reason why yeah. is because you probably heard a intro to this podcast. Uh, Captain Kirk introducing the podcast, talking about how the whole crew listens to the Rocky Horror Podcast Show. Is required to listen to the Rocky Horror Podcast Show. Oh. If you're wondering who that voice is, that's him. He uh, got a spot for us, but he didn't use his damn name. He called himself just Kirk. He did not say who he was, so I have to say it now. So yeah, uh, he is the Captain Kirk of Star uh, Trek continues, continues, which is because it's his and a few other people's fan continuation of, of the original, original series, series, which is a really brilliant series. If you really liked the original series, it like copies the style of them, how they're made, and it continues either the story or it continues specific stories from the series because they, for example, it's either a random episode that has roots in it like remember the apollo episode mm -hmm. uh uh they have apollo the same actor <clears throat> older like and he's like dying and there's an episode about him dying 
Or there's another episode where, remember the Evil Universe episode? Yes. It starts Mirror, out Mirror. when Kirk leaves. Hmm. Right? So the beginning of the episode, and then it's what happens in the Evil Universe after the Evil Kirk comes back. Hmm. So it has very interesting plot points. Q, the actor Q is in it. John Delancey. John Delancey in a very interesting episode about uh, a world where, uh, because of the radiation on the planet, the, the world is black and white. Huh, interesting. It's... Which I think is a riff off of an, an another original series episode, mm -hmm. and it's about this one's about illegal immigration. Uh, it's about uh, differences. It's a, it's it, it's interesting that they're dealing with these really interesting like these the classic Star Trek uh, conversations in this very interesting in this old way. Yeah, definitely. If if you are a fan of the original series of Star Trek, definitely check out Star Trek Continues. It is free, as I recall. You don't need to buy it literally look online for it i would that makes sense considering um paramount cbs viacom's uh <clears throat> feelings about fan and projects they actually had to stop it because they got a cease and desist yeah figures. so but Ooh, so there's, no, there's nothing new but it's it, it, we swear that certain profile shots of vic as kirk looks like shatner i don't believe you <laughs> Check it out, man. Check it out. Uh, it has like Grant Imahara from uh, from MythBusters, and, and I know Sulu. that I know a, a, there are a few different original cast members who who uh, did various like guest roles. Christopher uh, Duhan, mm -hmm. son of uh, oh Duwin, Duwin, son son of, of James Duwin, nice Scott. In the show, it is it is really as I said they they did their research yeah. they hired the certain people. It's actually, my my first um, eh, actually probably more like third but celebrity interaction was with James Dewan. Oh, really? I worked at Planet Hollywood in 1994, and this is right when Genesis came out. Oh jeez, uh, not, not gen generations. generations, Star Trek Generations. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the uh, Star Trek movies we block out of our head. Though it did, I was gonna say that's the that's the story that rationalizes DS. You know, I would say that that is work. actually my uh, James Dewan Scotty is probably my favorite cast member of the original right. cast, and you know, I was just thinking it's like uh, if if I was charged an exorbitant amount to bring someone back to life just so I could meet him, he'd be on the short list of people I would like to meet. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah, he was uh, he was uh, at the plant Hollywood I was working at, and because there was there was like right across from Seneca Pre, he did a little cameo appearance, meet and greet, and yada yada, ate there, and I was like, oh, we crossed paths. I have my Star Trek experience. I'll never meet a Star Trek person ever again. And <laughs> then you met Shatner. Yeah, I met Shatner. <laughs> and yeah, here I was... and, and from and from that we got oh. a very special picture. Yes. Oh, I forgot who else I met. Because Brent Spiner. Fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. I got a selfie and autograph from him. Nice. Yeah, like Brent Spiner. He was very interesting because he actually set up a chair outside his booth rather than being someone that's you know normally signs behind the booth. Blah blah right. blah. He had a set, he had a chair outside of the booth so he can interact he with did. the fans a lot more. That's awesome. Yeah. Though he had a smaller line than I thought he would. It was very weird. I didn't see a big line ever at his booth. It was well, I wasn't there when I first started because I, I got it on Thursday because 
I knew that my Fridays would be so freaking packed. I didn't yeah. want to have to fit it in. It wasn't out. Maybe because he was there all three days, so people were able to like spread it out more. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Um, and then another piece of housekeeping ish. Uh, the first, obviously, we talked about the first section having Vic as Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle section, there's an interview, either middle section or the end. There's an interview with an author, Mercedes Lackey. Groovy. Now, oh, I'm sorry, that's your line. <laughs> yeah. Now, why is this important? Uh, why why would we interview this author when she has nothing really to do with Rocky Horror? It's because she is someone that's uh, she's someone that uh, constantly writes. She's a fantasy writer, who but she always writes uh, she always writes LGBTQ plus characters into her stories hmm. since the since the beginning, and we interviewed her about that specific subject, and you know uh, her response to that. When we were interviewing, as you probably hear, was uh, these guys haven't heard it. That's why we're saying it to these guys, listeners. His her response was because you know they're part of real life. So why not? We're portraying real life. We're portraying life. They're part of it. Yep. And obviously, Amy brought up. Oh no, Good answer. Good, Good answer. answer. Uh, no, it was not. It was not Amy. It was uh, our friend Jenny. Uh, had a question. Went one question first. Has she had any backlash from having LGBT plus Q, Q plus uh, characters in her stories? She's never had a backlash. She's never had any any. She's not had any letters. She has not had any uh, publishers say anything about it. Nice. Well, cool. That's very cool. And then obviously there's other questions that we asked. Some of them, well, pretty much all of them, are Amy's questions. Yeah, because we were going to try to interview her at Phoenix. Uh, comic fest um so i rushed together well i didn't rush i feel like, like a good hour i keep my brain for questions so and we did end up uh, getting to, to i was of there. course no help whatsoever because i hadn't read any of her well stuff. i hadn't either but <laughs> Dawn, i mentioned that she writes um lgbt plus characters in her story so i just put up some questions about that and then i had a random question of if she could write any other genre what, what would it be uh, so but I'll hear it when the episode comes out because I was in line for our live showing of a of a podcast. So yeah, make was, sure we got good seats. Um, <laughs> we also have a I forgot to mention earlier we have a video on our podcast page, two videos of uh, two different sections of the Rocky Horror panel that the Latter Day Transvestites did. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jen. Uh, here it is. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, yeah, this, you can check it out. It was a nice uh, conversation about Rocky Horror, and we ended with the time warp. Absolutely, and, definitely check that out. And, of course, the fire alarm went off while we were in there. Of course. <laughs> the you fire, know, it, it always it works out that a, way. It went off for a second, and then it turned off. You know, yeah, it did, just was... just another way that Salt Lake is better than Phoenix. Hey, they get they take care of their their fire alarms well, like, <laughs> like that. Um, Not that I'm bitter. Though, God, though, I would be so fucking pissed. You know what, 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 what we would have probably done, right? What? After that panel, we would have done the time warp out of the building. That's, that's this crowd was so into it that it was like. Yeah, no, I was a bit concerned. Nice. I was like, crap. We have to have to like ev- evacuate. I don't want to. I don't want to do this again. Because I was in line, I was waiting in the area for. I didn't get to go to that panel because I was during the time of my drama relationship photo. 
I'm like, I still want to do this and get my Brett Spiner autograph. I don't want to leave. Lord, I, to, well, I don't have time tomorrow. <laughs> it's up there. Okay, just so just so I don't leave our listeners hanging. Hi, listener. Um, so the reason the whole thing came up about the the fire drill at, at Phoenix is that uh, I was working very hard on a skit with with the cast uh, that I work with uh, to do the roast of Doctor Frankenfurter and. We, you know, I'd written this all down and we kind of rehearsed it. it well, it's Rocky, you know. Um, we get to the day and um, the fire alarm goes off at Phoenix Comic Fest. And, you know, we've, we've rehearsed that and they canceled the whole nine. And it's just like, man. Yep. But yeah, I still, that reminds me, I still need to go through all that stuff and when I when I get some some of this mythical free time I keep hearing about, uh, for uh, just also just to finish off with the Latter Day Trends bus sites just to upset it, uh, this if you're in the Salt Lake area, and you could do this you could do it with uh, you could you can also fo- follow Peggy back on this too. Okay, definitely. Uh, if you're in the Salt Lake area and you have nothing to do in October, you've got plenty of shows going on in October. Uh, Latter Day Transvice Sites is going to be performing their uh, rock. Their cast is going to be performing Rocky Horror. Two shows. Sorry, one show on October nineteenth, October twentieth. All right. Let me let me clarify the dates. Well, according to your to your message, one show on the nineteenth. Yep. And two shows on the twentieth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and thirty first. Yes, there will be two <laughs> shows on Halloween night, which is a Wednesday. Uh, we will be on one of a couple of us will be in one of those shows. We'll be going to at least a couple of those shows. We have to figure out which ones, but we'll be trying to be there for at least a couple of those shows. We'll keep you posted on which ones we'll be there for. Okay. And then, Sean, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, if you happen to live in the Phoenix area and you are hankering for some Rocky Horror action in October, I have five different shows to tell you about. Uh, Riffin Time will be having its uh, normal third Friday show on October the 19th. Um, no special theme as of yet, except, of course, that it's freaking Halloween and anything can happen. Uh, meanwhile, over the East Valley, Frankie's Fishnets has four account them, four shows for October this year. Uh, they are spending their usual sa- second Saturday, the 13th of October, at Film Bar. And they are having a return engagement Friday the 19th, also at Film Bar. And at fr- for Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th at the Alamo, uh, you're going to be at the Alamo Tempe Draft House. Nice. Uh, we are doing two shows there. Uh, they are, f- for those of you who are familiar with how Alamo Draft House does things, they are considered movie parties. And in fact, um, the rules are usually generally even looser than at the typical movie parties for Alamo Draft House, if you're familiar with how they do things. Um, let me see. Um, actually, I heard that the the two shows for Film Bar, I believe, are already sold out. Oh, nice. So, and... Oh, never mind. Don't go to those. So, yeah. <laughs> so I hope you have tickets for those if you're planning to go to those. But uh, last I checked, we're about, I think, uh, halfway sold on, the, on both shows for... Alamo Tempe, but definitely snap those up because, like, this is mid-September we're talking about. Do not wait. We are anticipating that they will sell out. Speaking of mid-September, I almost forgot. 
Justin, do you have something to say? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> this is—I forgot that this is this. There's I was—I like, was hoping I'd get a soapbox moment here. So. I almost forgot. I can't believe it. So uh, September fifteenth. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. This Saturday. That was this week. Yeah, I, I I had to cover two shifts in order to get one day off, and that will be Saturday, September fifteenth. That will be at the Tucson, the Loft in Tucson, the world famous Loft in Tucson. I don't know about world famous, but well, they've been around forever. Yeah, but I bet I bet you people. The older than know. dirt Loft Theater in Tucson. <laughs> um. Well, we'll no, say seri- this seriously. This I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. World yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Heavy, <laughs> uh, heavy petting and uh, and um, jump to the left, whatever hybrid you want to call it. It's the longest rain cast in Arizona history, um, and um, longtime legendary cast leader uh, Charlie Brown is coming out of retirement since two- this will be his first show um, directing since two thousand six. So. Um, he uh, he ended his um, he thought he ended on a high note with the convention and uh, you know just just like the mob we dragged him back in. Um, I get to work with some great performers that I've worked worked with in the past. Harrison Ross, um, unfortunately they got us in different scenes. Verity, she's she's gonna be Janet. She was going to be my Janet. They broke this whole thing off into three different pairings, but basically people from all the way back in the day um if you said you went to see rocky in the 80s there's somebody there if you went to see rocky in the 90s and it's probably gonna be some people even from the 70s that will be there that'll be saturday september 15th the loft what time um same time all rockies are is it midnight midnight Midnight, and not to mention you have and you have a pre-show that's the, the, that's not going to be short. Yeah, oh yeah, that's... <laughs> it's, it's going to be a late night thing, which is going to be great because I have work in the morning. Uh, I, I I have work on Sunday too, so Sunday at nine a.m. Okay, got, I got to get back into you, town. You when I, I <laughs> you when I I don't have to be at work till the afternoon. Bitch moan, bitch moan. But yeah, I had to, I had to work two shifts to get one day off. That's crazy. Cover two shifts to get one day off, so. Uh, I work at KO! Um, and, and of course, I'm not getting paid for that job yet. That job's still training. At oh, that wow. point. It's going to be a training shift. Oh. Which man. I get paid. They have to pay you for training. I get paid for food and tips. That's how I get paid for the training. Bullshit. It's only like two yeah. hours. It's not the stage management thing. The, the place doesn't make it. Things will stay off the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's. Right. Oh, and another interesting factoid from Salt Lake Comic Con. And when I went to go get my Brandon Ruth a monograph, I was still dressed as Eddie. And mm-hmm. of course, I had, I had the, the black guy and everything. I walked up to him, and he goes, so, Something happened to you right there. I was like, Yeah, Frank Furter got a hold of me. He was, he was like, What? Uh, Frank Furter, I'm Eddie from Rock and Roll Picture Show. He goes, Oh, yeah, I went to that back in the day. Oh! <laughs> I don't think he went all the time, but I mean, right. he's at least been. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else we want to plug, talk about? Uh, I was gonna say I'll probably we'll probably have a little bit more of a fan X, especially when if, when Dawn comes back. Okay. Uh, she'll probably have her own experiences she wants to talk about. I may have more from that point if I think about it. So. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that about covers it. So. Uh, 
Help fill that empty hollow void in your life that makes you an incomplete person. Be there, Tucson, The Loft, September 15th. And always remember one very important thing. Penis. And crawling on Janet's face. What'd you have for breakfast? Some insects. What were they called? Called the human race. Hey, that's you. It's just a jump to the left. And you and your little human rounded ears had better download the next and every edition of the Rocky Horror Podcast Show. Because if you don't, I shall personally come around to your houses and drag you out by the scruff of the neck. I shall belt you around the mouth and mouth you around the belt. Do you understand what I'm saying?